0: Hey! Welcome to the Book Report Podcast with Allie and Rach. I'm Allie. And I'm Rach. I feel like we have that down pat.
1: We're doing so good, sister.
0: But we do still look at each other awkwardly like, who's gonna say what? When? Yeah.
1: We know. (laughs) We know. Deep down in our
0: hearts. Yep. Welcome back. We're so glad you're here. We're glad you're here.
1: Tonight's the first night. I was like, you know what? This pillow... Yeah. Looks like it's calling my name.
0: Get cozy. Mm. We're here in full cozy winter season mm-hmm. gear.
1: Yep. Uh, so we're also in dry January. We are. So while the last three episodes you may have heard that are going to air in January, we were not. Mm-hmm. But those we recorded were those recorded December. those yeah. in December. So here we are. And I am going to tell you right now that we are doing The Midnight Library by Matt mm-hmm. Haig today. Yes. If you have read it, great. If you haven't, please go read it. Please if you love spoilers, it. carry on, but probably not the podcast for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I made us a... It's a homemade lemonade. Mm-hmm. So I actually squeezed 10,000 lemons and then boiled the rinds in water to make the water for the lemonade. Wow.
0: I didn't know that was a thing.
1: It was in this... I think it was... I'm sure it was New York Times. Oh. my Bible. Um, But... so you add the lemon simple syrup that you make Uh with the lemon juice to the water and then I added charcoal it's so good I've never made lemonade from scratch before cheers Cheers.
0: delicious beautiful black lemonade I'm into it Mm -hmm. I'm into the dry January mocktails too yeah
1: super super good and really cool looking and I think it actually so we'll just call this the midnight library but charcoal or activated charcoal lemonade is a thing like you can Mm. get it at a bunch of juice stores in Nashville I've seen a bunch of places this is my own take on it but when I was talking to my husband about he's like well why did you make it black I was like oh because we're doing the midnight library and that sounded fun he's like oh I thought it was because the main character overdoses and the charcoal I'm like nope nope that wasn't
0: Oh, nope. Yeah, so trigger warning real soon on in this. This so book actually, yeah. is a trigger warning for suicide and hmm. lots of things. But um, yeah, I would have never thought. I assumed you made it black for midnight. Nope, Not that's why. Because that's of why the I overdose.
1: <laughs> um, so Allie mentioned the trigger warning is suicide. I mean, suicide should warrant some kind of distress or trigger yeah, people and – in all people, like I feel like all people should be triggered by these really awful things those experiencing depression and those that just live in a world where depression exists. But it has affected my family really mm-hmm. badly, um, like a sledgehammer hitting yeah. our family over and over again. Um, suicide has taken my husband's grandmother, his aunt, and two of his cousins. One of his cousins was 20. Mm. It sucks. His uncle passed away less than a year before I read this. Mm -hmm. And when I picked up the book, the first sentence talks about her killing herself. And it was haunting. It was the first – I mean, I wasn't reading that much Mm in 2021 – or no, 2022 is when I read this, other than Sarah J. Moss. Yeah. (laughs) So this was the first book outside of that genre that I picked up. And I almost didn't read it because – it, it genuinely felt like the first thing that ever really triggered me. Like, sure, I'm triggered by dogs dying, but I'll still read the book. Right. It was the first time where I think the first sentence is, this, this is the day that I decided to commit suicide mm-hmm. or something like that. I was like, I was going to die. I think it's like. It yeah. And I was like, I'm not in a good headspace. Yeah. For this. Um. So I didn't know if it was healthy for me to keep reading, but I'm glad I did. I really love the book. Um but not everyone may be there yet. Yeah. So I hope you take care of yourself first. Yeah. I, I felt like I was in a good place and I would just shut the book if I if it I didn't, didn't feel yeah. that way. Um, but if you were listening to this, you are loved, you are important to so many people, and we're glad you're still here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I have loved doing these little openings yeah. where like, okay, how do you snag someone with the book? Yeah. And I feel like my husband asks me for these all the time after I finish a book that he knows that your husband has read. He's mm-hmm. like, do you think I'd like it? Because I think he has FOMO. Yeah. hundred percent. When all three
0: of us have read it.
1: Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, what's it about? And I'm like always trying to think of these hooks
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I'm should just say like, read the back. Like yeah. that's what I had to do. Like just read the back of the book. Um, So I just feel like I'm constantly thinking of like, how do I hook someone yeah. with this book that I, I really loved? And it's quick. Yeah. And the story is fairly linear. Like there's not a lot of thinking involved mm-hmm. to get into the story. And I say that we're going to talk about um, quantum physics a little. And that didn't bother me at all. I felt like it was like the dumbest part of the story. Oh, and I
0: loved it.
1: I you didn't, if you love it, awesome. Yeah, like that, yeah. then it's for you. But if you didn't understand that piece, it did not yeah. matter.
0: Like it is, it is funny you say. It's just it's easy to get into when we just said trigger warning for suicide. Yeah, and there's quantum physics. <laughs> also, yeah, but it's a delightful <laughs> easy read. I wouldn't <laughs> say does delightful. Not sound like it? Heavy,
1: heavy, thought provoking, yes. and quick. Mm-hmm. There it is. Um, This was the first book I read of 2022. It, As you've already heard, it affected me greatly. And I thought and thought and thought about the things in my yeah. life that if I had invested in fully, would that have changed the rage that exists today? And I think that's what good writing can do. Yeah. And we've read so many books that do that. I mean, we normally don't cover books we hate outside of last week or two weeks ago. Um, but I, I've been thinking about like the quality of writing and how writers can, like, I'm still thinking about this book. I recommend it to you a year after. It's been a year Mm -hmm. since I picked it up and I think about it all the time. It's a great one. I I did. We haven't talked about the book, but I did text you earlier today Mm -hmm. about something Something. I'm going to ask you at the end, but it's about that. Not if you could, if you could change. And I think I said if you could invest fully or if you could, yeah, decide to throw everything towards this one goal that you had, what would your life look differently? Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that at the end. All right. You ready for the shitty summary? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: I also, at the very beginning when I started reading it, you mentioned, you know, not being sure. And I also was like, I don't know that the middle of – January to me is one of the most depressing months. It is. It's just everything is – ended every, it just feels like it's always in a funk. And I thought this is not the time of year to be reading this. I had a moment where I thought I even wrote, I I keep notes on my phone as I'm reading. And I wrote, Rach, what are you thinking? This <laughs> reeks of seasonal depression. And all I want to do is escape. <laughs> then my next note says, okay, a quarter of the way through, I think I'm going to be a better person for reading this. I
1: love your little diary.
0: <laughs> I have a little notes. So yeah, even if, yeah, it was something that it took me a minute to uh, know if I could.
1: so around do the it. time I recommended it was we realized that uh, Ali and I are both planners mm-hmm. and we love nothing more than an Excel spreadsheet live for a spreadsheet. So I had on a slow day this week, I had or no, last week, I plotted out how many Tuesdays there were in the season before Mm -hmm. spring would start. And I put in our vacations, and I put in Allie is having... I have to have a
0: tonsillectomy, so... Yeah,
1: so she's not going to be chatting it up with me for a few weeks. So we had to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. And then fucking January, that Mm -hmm. bitch has five weeks. Yeah, it does. Like, motherfucker.
0: We have to (laughs) get in a lot of episodes.
1: And I had read this, and I had loved it. It didn't fit the... It didn't fit on face value as what will let you cope with a seasonal depression.
0: But I felt inspired after reading yeah. it and
1: I loved reading it at the beginning of the
0: year. I we were we before we started recording, we were talking about dry January and I look forward to it every year. I love it and I've started to think of it as not just abstaining from something to see if I can because I've done it for years now and I know I can, but a time when i'm healing my body from to be honest like alcohol's terrible for you and mm-hmm. i've been reading a lot about like the dope the way dope it affects the dopamine in your brain and the dopamine receptors and was like i think of it as like a a month where i'm not hitting the gym and doing all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. but just how can i heal my body and yeah. become out a better person at the end of it this book felt like it fit that theme yeah it felt like I'm cozying up, I'm becoming a better person, I'm making, I'm learning how to make better decisions and be a happier human.
1: I felt like it was very, I was able to look at my life and be very reflective. Yeah. And how, yeah, so the decisions that I made were made and here I am and Mm -hmm. I'm, I love my life. I have an awesome life. Like Mm -hmm. I love my family. But it was interesting just to, to think about how thinking about those choices could have changed where I am today and the choices I'm making today. It's mm-hmm. so like all year, yeah. Like if I throw everything towards this, where will I be yeah. in five years? Like, yeah. how will this? How could this decision change my life? And I've thought about that all year. Mm-hmm. So here it goes: the summary, <laughs> the awesome summary. The book opens with Nora Seed hopelessly wondering if the world would be a better place if she wasn't in it. Spoiler, it is not a better place without you in it, ever. She had lost her job, her cat. She has no family left. So she overdoses and wakes up in a library where her old teacher, Mrs. Elm, is the librarian. And I, I think actually she wasn't a teacher. She was her librarian. She's a librarian. Yeah. A, a real life librarian in Nora Seed's life yes. in a school. Yeah. This is a purgatory of sorts and holds every life Nora could have lived in a book on a shelf if she had made different choices in her life. Each and every decision that Nora makes writes a life unlike hers, and the book is placed in this library. Nora gets to select books to read, and we as the readers get to see her live those lives out as she is plopped down. I hate Mm -hmm. the word plop. I really tried to think of another word to say that. Plopped down into this life. Yeah. With her current brain. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have the memories of the life that she's in now, but she but knows she is what's happening. She's told
0: if she finds a life, and sorry if I'm skipping ahead, no, if no, she no. finds a life she loves, so the only, when she is plopped down into these other lives until the moment that she starts to despair or feel like this, this isn't the life for me. And then she's kind of. Allowed out to it, come back to the library. To the library. And she is told if she finds a life that is perfect for her, she will start to assume past memories and it will become her life. Mm-hmm. She'll assume that. So, yeah, that's part of it, too, is she doesn't remember anything until until she could find, potentially, until she could find the life that fits her, that she likes.
1: Yeah. In the end, she ends up wanting the life she left. Mm-hmm. And her desire for her life, her the life we... Where we met Nora, um, is a life she wants to pursue, and somehow that willingness to live Mm -hmm. resuscitates her body. So she wakes up. Only a minute has passed. Yeah, but she didn't. She was only in purgatory. It did make it seem like she could die. Yes. So the, the library constantly was like there was a time.
0: So she hit the library at she, she overdosed at midnight. She came into the library at midnight and it was always just midnight in the library and then um Miss L L right or Elm? Elm. Elm Miss Elm um told her if you die in one of the lives, you're dead. And if you die in the she in the life Mm -hmm. Your root life is what they keep calling it. If you Mm -hmm. die in your root life, you are gone. Everything will be destroyed. So, yeah, she's – could die. It is very much like a coma or – they never refer to it as purgatory because they talk about Mm -hmm. it in the sense of quantum physics and parallel universes and all of that. Mm -hmm. But um, it does seem more like a coma or purgatory situation.
1: I forget how many lives we actually get to see her in, but one of the – it it wasn't my favorite. My favorite's the the boring, like, lovely one. Yeah. But when she goes to be a glaciologist, Yeah. but she was interested in for, like, it didn't seem like she liked it that much, but she's like, hell yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. And she meets what the book calls a slider.
0: Oh, my gosh. I have so much to say about this part.
1: Uh, is it Hugh? Is that Hugo? Hugo. Hugo's his name. She um, meets another
0: one who's in the same situation as her. Yeah.
1: And they, I don't know how they, like realize each other are
0: he gets a vibe from her he's like i've been doing this for so long i just could tell that you're a slider
1: oh, okay so tell me your thought
0: first i'm gonna tell you who i cast
1: him as <laughs> i know it's Hugo, yeah um so i try to look up i didn't do this for all of them for most of them though daniel radcliffe
0: for Hugo, uh-huh. why did I picture, like, a gruff? I he looks a gruff. pretty
1: gruff now.
0: He has a beard. He's I like... The last thing I saw him in was the Weird Al movie, so I oh, cannot picture him. okay. Yeah, that's fair. You're, you're in the wrong spot. So in my notes, when I'm – my stream of consciousness, I'm writing, I – got to this this is the last note I took and I just wrote sliders in all caps <laughs> but is that us, like a well-known there's a tv show okay so I love anything to do with parallel universes for the most part there's that's Ali uh
1: this is Rach right yeah. now <laughs> Allie, I do not
0: give me some Rick and Morty <laughs> give me a lot of well there's one book I read about parallel universes I didn't like but I usually love that stuff you know the Marvel universes all that there's an old TV show from the... I think it's from the 90s called Sliders with Jerry O'Connell. I think you can see the... It's for, yeah, it's from the first episode was in 95. The final was 2000. I Josh and I had it on DVD oh my when God. we were first married and watched the whole... It was like a fancy DVD box set too. And I think we got it at a used bookstore and he had seen the show before and I hadn't. And we watched that so much, and I'm pretty sure we took it with us on our – we lived on a sailboat for a while, and we took it with us on the boat and would watch sliders. And it was – you they slid into different universes, and they were trying to get back to their, essentially, root like life. Like
1: universe or Parallel
0: world. Timelines in the same world. In the, well, I don't – it was like different universe. Everything was different. Okay. So they would slide into one, and it would be – I'm trying to remember certain episodes. There's one where there's no men or something, and so like they slide into this universe, and every, all the women are like, "Whoa, <laughs> men!" It's like three guys and Terry O'Connell. It's three, four guys and a girl that are sliding. I, it's just it like, like, like some of it's silly
1: production.
0: Some of it's very silly universes. Some of them are more serious. I want to go back and watch it now after reading this book, but I, I do lost too. my mind when uh it's not there's only like Oh, there's 5 seasons is what I'm seeing. Um I'm trying to think of some of the other for a box set you would have had to have. I had at so least many. Four. It was so fun. Um I but love yeah, that there's you all these different boat.
1: Like you could only sure. bring so many things and you're like We brought like every mm, season of five South Park and sliders.
0: Park. <laughs> And Felicity. We watched Felicity on the boat. I have very vivid memories of watching Felicity on on the boat. Um, Yes, I got very excited when he mentioned sliders when he goes at that. I just lost my mind. And that was literally the last note I even could get out because I was so excited he called (laughs) it sliders. Um,
1: But I loved, and I, I think in the end of that scene, she
0: feels like she's about to get killed by a polar bear. Yeah, so she's like in charge of, watching for a polar watching bear. for polar bears and one charges at her and she fends it off or scares it off or whatever and it was the first time in all of her sliding that she wanted to stay alive and she felt like this rush of you know mm-hmm. adrenaline and wanted to live and it kind of was a moment yeah shifted everything for her that one was really
1: cool I really loved In one of my notes I had said I could have read so many more versions of her life. Mm-hmm. Like I was, the book is pretty short. It is. And I loved diving in to each one. Um, My favorite one is where she marries Ash and has a little mm-hmm. girl. And I was really bummed when she, she decided to leave it. Um, And I think, th- I think that was the last one, her last mm-hmm. life where she decided, I just want to go back to my life. Mm-hmm. And that I earned. and Well, I
0: don't even think she – she didn't really want to leave it. But it's – as she noticed that some of the small things – so some of the small things in that life, people she had interacted with in her root life, their lives were worse off because she wasn't involved with them. And it sucks her back into her – to the library.
1: So – Like going back to people in her root life, Mm -hmm. having it worse off. She has this best friend named Izzy, Mm -hmm. and one of the decisions she makes, and one of the books that she pulls to try to live is, Izzy had invited her to go to is either New Zealand or Australia, Australia. and I forget why she said no.
0: It 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 didn't seem like she didn't. She just never went. It wasn't even. It was something very minor, and she just never.
1: They kind of lost touch mm-hmm. and she was like I want to I want to visit the life where I decide to go mm-hmm. and she does and she realizes her friend has died mm-hmm. and so she spends some time in Australia yeah like alone I feel like she even got a job
0: she had a job she lived with like a pothead roommate
1: mm-hmm. um but I mean, there was just so many like really cool details mm-hmm. about what that looks like, and and I I just wanted to read
0: more of yeah, them. Yeah, it was so interesting. We really liked
1: the characters. Her brother Josie, I think I don't know if he's older or younger. I don't remember. But there's one life where they were in a band. They're both really musically talented, and they were about to get a record deal Mm -hmm. they had a song that i just i want to hear this song so bad yeah um and they have a song that was about to go big and she quits the band Mm -hmm. and so she visits that life where she decides not to quit the band and i it was just really i was invested in all of these people and
0: I loved the moment, and I actually don't remember which life it was, when she realizes that all the choices – it might have been right before the glaciologist, however you say it. She realizes that all of the lives she had chosen to go back to were other people's dreams for her. So she had – her first life she goes to – she is married to her ex-fiance, and they opened a pub together, but they're not happy, and she realizes that was his dream. Like, I didn't Mm – I didn't want to open a pub. I wanted him. She goes back to one where she's an Olympic swimmer. She realizes that's what her dad wanted for her. And she kind of starts to – the little things she – or the things she uncovers along the way, I think, are these big important life lessons. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to live everyone else's dreams for me. And then she realizes that all – so one thing that keeps coming up is never underestimate the big importance of small things is the quote that Ms. Elm keeps saying. And she realizes all those little choices you make and the ways you interact with people do matter, and they set these trajectories for other people's lives as well as I your own. I read that Claire Keegan book, huh? We oh yeah, this month, yeah, very similar. Mm-hmm. And then the big—I think the one of the bigger ones she realizes is that—and I love this—is like in the very end when she's talking about, um, you are full like. You are at any moment full of potential for endless, infinite, like infinite things in your life. And you think that if I had made this choice different or that choice different, I would be happier. I would be better. This would be different or that would be different. And I can't remember the the metaphor that she uses. You don't know how, oh, you don't have to play every game to know how winning feels Mm -hmm. is what she said. And like, you don't, you don't have to love a ton of different people to know what love feels like or you don't have to be successful at a certain thing to know what success feels like like your human emotions and the things you experience just are no matter what yeah building blocks build up your life and i like i think that was kind of the the bigger lesson in the end that she learned that i really liked speaking of the quote the never underestimate the big importance of small things i also have a lot i started writing all the quotes and the first one I wrote was, sometimes regrets are just a load of bullshit, which I loved. And I wrote, I love this. Does this sum up the whole book? Should we get this tattoo? Then I wrote, the only way to learn is to live. Did this author just come up with quotes to write the book around? Because everything was just like so quotable, every chapter. Then I wrote, the only way to learn is to live. No, but seriously, did this author just want to write a book of quotes? Like I just kept... Like at some point, I'm just, I was listening on an audiobook and just kept chuckling. Also, the I didn't look up the narrator. This narrator was so good. I, I think it's t- Carrie Mulligan. I She's an you, actress. That makes a ton of sense. I could tell she was. I kept thinking this has to be an actress. Just everything is so doesn't sound like someone reading. Yeah. At all. Um. But yeah, very quotable, quotable book. The, so,
1: what life did you like
0: best? What life did I like. That's a hard. That's a hard one. I mean, the life where she's the happiest, of course, is delightful. The, I loved her going back to be a glacia, glaciologist mm-hmm. because I thought it did seem like something she was interested in when she was a child. And I just think the idea of you going back to something you wanted to be when you were a child, like a kid, yeah. I mean, we would probably all millennial girls be like marine biologists or something. Yeah, you just not be running around a world full of marine biologists. I thought that one was really. I liked that one a lot. This is on a serious note. This is the one, the life that made me cry. I mm-hmm. I cried when she just wanted her cat to be alive. I'm probably going to cry right now talking about it. Oh. And then it was dead anyway. And then she goes back and Ms. elm was like, this is like trigger warning for pet death. Uh, she said, I wrote in all caps, Voltaire, who's her cat, Voltaire went outside to die because cats know. So she was like, her cat had died and she thought she ate. This is what kind of triggered her to mm-hmm. overdose. She thought her cat had gotten hit by a car. And she's like, I can't even take care of a cat. I'm like the worst person. Yeah. And then she just wants to get back to life. Her cat's alive and go comes back. It wakes up and her cat is inside and has died anyway. So when she goes back to the library, Miss Elm is like, oh, your cat had this like heart condition it would have died no matter what and then she wrote she said it went outside to die because it cats know and they it didn't want you to experience that and then she, this is another quote I wrote he loved you as much as you loved him and I started sobbing Aww. and was like I wrote what the fuck Rachel I can't deal with this <laughs> I read it a year ago. This is when I was still mad at you. I was like, why am I trying to get out of seasonal depression and Rach is making me read this?
1: Was that the first life she decided to go back to? It That's was one really of the, sweet. One, no, the
0: first one she decides to go back to is with Dan okay. and the husband. Okay. And then she – I think she has like a couple more. Um, Yeah, and then she goes back and is like – I like sobbed over that one and just kept writing quotes down after that. But-
1: Did you think – so I've already, so the life, the last life that she gets to experience and live in before she decides that she wants her own is the one with Ash and she has a little girl mm-hmm. and she's there a while. And I, you're totally right. I think her brother has, is addicted to drugs in this one.
0: He in, no, not in the final one. In the final one, he's happy. Okay. But in the one where he was, she was a rock star,
1: mm-hmm. in like the least the band, he
0: had died from yeah.
1: alcohol poisoning. I think he was an alcoholic. So in the one with Ash and the little girl, I was upset that she had come out of that to her own life. Yeah. And, And then she chose her own life. So did you find that satisfying?
0: Okay. I thought about this a lot. Yes, I did find it satisfying. I also, the way she handled it and thought... I'm happy to know I'm full of endless possibilities and potential and I've lived all these lives and know, like, I could have done any of them. I – that made me feel a little stressed. I kind of don't want to have endless possibilities. I love (laughs) to. know, like, what do I even – I would sit there. This is what I would do. I would get back to my own life, my root life, and I would wake up the next day and be like – do I practice piano? Mm-hmm. Do I go walk a dog? Do I go find Ash? Like, what would I apparently can be a? Do I go swim? What I could do any <laughs> of the? I'm amazing at any of these things. So Which one Do I want to spend my life doing? Mm-hmm. I would be paralyzed with decisions and not do any of them and just.
1: So, in my around. brief perusing through some reviews of the book, there. People's biggest complaint about Nora as the main character is that you still didn't know what she wanted. Yeah. That was the dissatisfying part. And I didn't realize that. I just felt like she didn't know yet. And that's fine. Yeah. Like she didn't pick all the, the lives because those also weren't things that she had chosen. the
0: point was that you didn't have to know exactly what you wanted to get the experience out of life you wanted. You I, I know think, how I know think how you're
1: right. I'm just saying people's... Complaints about the main character were that, like, well, you never found out what, like, what she wanted. Everything was directed by other people. She didn't like that. I wish some, a satisfying ending would her be waking up her new life and having a trajectory. Like, Mm. and I feel like she did. And my... I was bummed. I was unsatisfied at the ending at first because I loved that previous life Mm -hmm. and I was bummed she chose her sad one. Yeah. And, but then she uses things she learned in the other lives. Like she, she tells her brother to start dating this cute guy in a coffee shop that she knows that he's very happy with in one of her other lives because he seems like a great guy. I loved that. Mm -hmm. That's like the shit I live for. Like, Mm -hmm. I need I need some full circle. Yeah. Um and it felt so hopeful at the end. I, I don't know if she went to go meet Ash or if she
0: I don't Oh no, she saw him when she was leaving the hospital. And she thought maybe I'll maybe I'll go talk to him one day. Yeah. But she didn't yeah, it, it was like, like, like
1: a... connect there. I thought
0: that was yeah. It's interesting that people think that I can see why people wanted a trajectory or wanted her to, but to me, the point was you don't have to have one. And that part was reassuring Mm -hmm. because again, I thought, God, this would make me feel so stressed that I have all this potential or like endless possibilities for things I can do knowing I could be a great swimmer or a great Mm -hmm. writer or a great philosopher or great, you know, all these things. But I kind of liked that she thought I don't have to pick one thing to get any one experience out of life. Yeah. I don't have to be something. Yeah. I can just I didn't I
1: didn't never exist. felt that way. Yeah. about her. I'm just Re- echoing what
0: echoing it, yeah.
1: people said, but I loved. And then um how did you feel about when she went to go talk to Miss Elm at the nursing oh, or, I think I she's loved at a nursing that. home. That was another
0: good full circle. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I loved that. I liked that. My we were talking with my husband before recording about it cuz he read it and he said it's It was the kind of book where he could guess the ending. You kind of think, okay, surely that she's going to wake up. She's going to go back to her root mm-hmm. life. And he liked that it was – he felt like uh, – we agreed. We all felt like a better person for having read this book. Yeah. And he liked that it didn't bother him, that you kind of knew that was going to be how mm-hmm. it ended. There was no other way for it to end, you know? Yeah. It he- also kept making me think if anyone else grew up Southern Baptist and knows the – I think Gloria Gaither sings that or wrote it i am a promise do you remember that song no (laughs) it's like i'm a promise i'm a possibility oh i'm a promise with a capital p i'm a great big bundle of potentiality i kept singing that song A great big bundle of potentiality oh
1: my god i hate that writing (laughs) so much
0: but i kept thinking of that song the whole time at the end when she was doing her little spiel i was like all I want is for her to just sing this song. That's what you're you're singing this song. I
1: want, you can put music to Instagram stories now.
0: I'm, I want to I'm doing it. I'm if if Gloria right Gaither is on Instagram. I think she's Instagram. the writer. But it's like a kid's song. Like I sang it in Sunday school.
1: Can't wait to hear it.
0: I thought like that's the moral of the story. You're a great big bundle of potentiality, <laughs> <Rach>. <laughs>
1: Um. Okay. So what is an example Ooh. of what would be in your midnight library?
0: If I'd go, but I'd go be a marine biologist for a minute, for fucking sure. Uh-huh. I would go do something like that.
1: Uh, anything that you said no to, or
0: hmm, can I tell you the silliest thing I thought of when you asked me this question? This yeah. is—I felt like I had to come up with something earth-shattering. I came up with something for you. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mine is when we were gonna go live on a boat. I, it was my idea that to buy a boat and sail the seven seas. I mean,
1: I can't imagine your husband was like, no. was like,
0: cool, great. We're going to go do this. And then I panicked and was like, no, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. That's scary. We are not sailors. We didn't grow up, I grew up on boats, but we never sailed and we were just going to go buy a boat. And he wanted to, he found a boat and it was this great one. It had just come back from the Caribbean. It was like $13,000. It was not that expensive. And, He was like, this is it. This is the most perfect boat. This is great. I've done all my research. I said no to it and was like, no, that's too much money. I'm not spending that much money on this dumb dream. (gasps) So then we pivoted and bought the cheapest motherfucking boat. It was a Tartan 30 and it was falling apart and we had it shipped to Chattanooga. And I wish to God I had just let him get the $13,000 <laughs> I thought about that. I'm like, we would have had such a better experience. I might still be living on a sailboat somewhere. How much was bu- the
1: boat that you that we, spent. We,
0: it, we bought it for like $3,000, $4,000. Oh, wow. And it was falling apart, Rach. It was the first night I slept on it, I bawled. and was like, we're going to die on this boat tonight. We were just at a dock. And I was like, it's going to catch on fire or sink. It ended up being great. We had a great experience. We restored it completely. We put a ton of time and money into it. More than ten thousand uh, dollars. No, we probably came out about the same. Like we probably had ten in it total. Mm-hmm. But we did restore it completely. I felt like I learned a lot. I can. I knew everything about an atomic four engine that a girl could ever want to know. I don't like necessarily <laughs> regret it. But if I could go I can change it, about that boat. <laughs> So it's such a silly thing to come to mind.
1: Recently, I was perusing your LinkedIn page. Oh. Like recently as in this past week.
0: I did see you viewed my LinkedIn.
1: Um, well, I noticed in your like past work experience, you mm-hmm. kept the radio
0: Yeah, I put it on there. Uh-huh.
1: And I felt like you had such early talent. Mm-hmm. Your voice I, is true. so recognizable. If you had, you could still have gone to school and studied yeah communication or or something and then made that your pursuit that's like, a good
0: yeah when you say that's true i don't mean uh, i had so much talent but like yeah i've thought i have thought about that a lot mm-hmm. what if i'd stuck with radio or i don't know but Maybe now i'm have podcasting a podcast. <laughs> i think about that all the time because i have thought wondered mm-hmm. yeah what if i'd stuck with that instead of i i went to school for music business and then i did radio went to school for music business thinking I would maybe still do radio, and then ended up working non-profit. So just did like a total switch. But I have wondered. That's a good one. I wonder mm-hmm. if you thought about that. Yeah. But I forget
1: it, why you came up on LinkedIn.
0: I congratulated you on something.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Okay. And I was like, huh, I wonder also for I friends. I LinkedIn. So what? I, um, I was trying to see if a person I know was had open for work on there. Mm. And I don't even know if I can see that. I think you have to be an HR. Recruiter, yeah. Yeah, but that's I was on there for nefarious reasons.
0: What would yours be? What would be your?
1: Mine is kind of sad, and I I think about this all the time. But I felt like as a girl, and as like a young woman that could have could have done anything. I had mm-hmm. parents that were super supportive that told me that all the time. I kept, I either didn't think I was smart enough or I thought like the things that I wanted to do were stupid or in like the worst cases I was just lazy. Mm. So like a couple situations where as a freshman I made it on the um varsity girls soccer team mm-hmm. which is a big deal. That yeah. means I got to or that meant that I got to change over from I was in the afternoon session. We had like major of a crowding in Florida okay. Hillsborough County schools. <laughs> And all freshmen went to school from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Okay. So we were in an afternoon session and Whoa. sophomores, juniors, and You went and to seniors, school
0: from 12 to 6?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, upperclassmen went in the morning. And that was at I think school started at 6.30. Mm-hmm. It was really early. And you got out at noon. So you had this like big flip, but freshman classes are always the biggest, mm-hmm. so it made more sense. They still they don't do it that way anymore because Florida maybe started funding their schools properly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tennessee, yeah. Um, but I I made the soccer team. I was proud of myself, but didn't want to do it because I'd be leaving my friends. Oh, so and you
0: didn't you didn't, didn't no.
1: The I did, and I quit. Um, So I think about it. Not that I think I would have been a great soccer player, but that's like a major life experience that would have changed. Probably the girls I was friends with. And just my life would have looked different. I think I, I may have had more ambitions outside of what I did, just because who I was around. And... So stemming off of like this really important time in every person's life, Mm -hmm. I was just still plagued with self-doubt and thinking my dreams are stupid. And now in the age of all I do is peruse design websites Mm -hmm. and follow these interior design influencers whose designs make me want to (laughs) cry I have always been interested in interior design and it just seems like a pipe fake dream yeah when you're a kid and you don't I mean the internet didn't exist when we were growing up so I didn't know that was a profession that people actually had
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so when I got the chance to study anything I fucking wanted my Mm -hmm. parents were just like you have to go to college. We're making you do that. That was not a choice for me, which I don't think is right for everyone. But my parents made me go to school. I could have picked anything. At one yeah. point my major was sociology and city planning.
0: Ooh, city planner would it, be they were so fun. Such
1: interesting classes. My mom picked it for me because I like couldn't <gasps> decide. She's like, this looks cool. That'd be a cool one. And there was that. I've always loved nutrition. Yeah. But all of these things that I had like, I was super curious about just didn't feel like a real job. hmm And, and I just, I, I felt like I was using my parents' money for something stupid, mm. like a fake thing. Yeah. And that bums me out because they would have been supportive. Yeah. If I had said, I want to study design or I want to study architecture or whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. I they would have been supportive, and I just kept thinking, like, "I'm gonna look stupid." Yeah, um, I think
0: about, I or think I'm gonna the, fail. I think about the fact that I, I, I mean, I was pretty set on what I was gonna do in college well, because tell I had been what your major was music business and in, creative writing, <laughs> <laughs> was my major music business with a minor in creative writing. Ali was confident. I was very durability. confident that's what I was gonna do, <laughs> but it was because I had done radio. I had been I was a DJ for like three years on radio in through high school and starting in college and I thought it feels safe but then if there's something else in music I've never done anything in music business Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever but I do think I didn't really think what all the I didn't know what all the possibilities were like same with what you're saying I think back on like I should have known yeah I would have I would have loved to do horticulture or forestry even. I think the about landscape
1: it. architecture. I yes. think about I think all about the it all time.
0: the time. I and then I I don't know if you find yourself like this, but I think I mean, we've debated going back and getting masters or whatever, and I think don't want to go get a masters in mm-hmm. what I do or would it be fun to just totally change careers and do something different? But I someone at work, I was say, I said something about when I lived in Haiti or when I did something or I was a DJ, I'll bring some, I brought something up and they were like, you've lived like 10 lives. And I think about that when I was reading the, this book, I kept thinking about that. I've lived – it feels like I've lived 10 lives. You've said and yes to a lot of shit. A cool lot of shit. cool things. And like there's nothing stopping me from doing that from this point forward. There's yeah. nothing stopping me from living 10 more <laughs> in the next you know, 30 years.
1: So what stops me is – now I have a son mm-hmm. and they're, and I never, ever, ever to hear a woman say like, those are not the women you look up to. Mm-hmm. I feel like I had kids and my life stopped. Like, ew, that's not what, yeah. that's that, that does not have to happen. And I know that. And it, but in the back of my mind, I keep that, keeps echoing. Like, yeah. this would have been so easy if I had just like got shit done before I had kids. Yeah. I had 11 years to do it. Um. Why, why now? And so, while I know that's not true, that's just like the bird that's like yeah. feeding me that over and over. Is like this would have been so easy yeah. four years ago. It's four years before. ago, yeah.
0: So I will say, I today had a moment. So you know, we live in the same neighborhood, and. I've been thinking a lot about how grateful I feel to be raising my kids in what feels like a village. Like mm-hmm. I know, I feel like that is missing from a lot of modern life and it's not even something I actively, in, okay, let me go back. Uh, today, I, my husband and I had to go work on this other house we have and I had asked Rach like, hey, could the boys come over for a little bit because we have to paint and we just don't want them over there while we're doing that. She said, sure. So they go over, they hang out all day. Come – I get home. She sends them back over. They come running through the backyard. And Mm -hmm. I just had this moment where I thought this wasn't something I even intentionally said yes to. It's not like we said we're going to basically live on a commune together and raise our kids together. we're wearing the same We're wearing matching robes. (laughs) But it wasn't – so one thing I would have said I always wanted to do is basically live on a commune. Yeah. And, you know – Grow our own food and have chickens and live with my friends and it's never feels like we did that purposefully, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're doing. And we I We did it in
1: like the comfortable way. Most comfortable
0: way. Yeah. And it's like we never
1: No one shares a mortgage or anything. No.
0: But <laughs> it I just had this moment when my kids were running back across the yard and they were like, We had so much fun at Rachel's house. I just felt so warm and fuzzy and like it's not all about saying yes to some big thing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, whoa, I basically live on a comedy, you know? And we've yeah. lived with, we have lived intentionally with friends before in our house. And I just, I don't know, had a moment where I was like, oh, I am living one of the lives I would have chosen, you know? <laughs> I, um,
1: so we, Ali and I, we've been talking about, like, very loosely about what an MBA would look like. Mm-hmm. And... A couple of weeks ago, I was on Vanderbilt's website, mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's in Nashville. It's also a pretty renowned, yeah. I think, Owen School of Business. is. I was looking at their admissions programs and or looking at their programs and what admissions look like. And they also have different classes you can take. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a certificates, but it's really just knowledge. Yeah. Like you can take this class to learn this skill. And the company I work for pays like $5,000 a year for like back to the employee for Mm -hmm. things and education that would apply to your job. Mm -hmm. Like I have been not using $5,000 worth of free money Mm -hmm. to make me a smarter person that Mm -hmm. knows more about the world she lives in. That is is a huge mistake. And I'm riding that ship this year. I'm gonna apply for one of those classes yeah get my real estate license I want to do like mm-hmm. I just every year from now on at that's gonna be my goal yeah is to suck five thousand dollars yeah like into and and I love my job but and I'm very loyal to the company <laughs> that I work for but what an opportunity that I'm not utilizing yeah well I bitch and moan about like oh, I can't do it now I have a kid yeah. So, my company
0: does the same. So, let's Mm -hmm. we could just we podcast one night a week and we study one night a week together. Yeah,
1: I love it. (laughs) I'm, I'm, it is such a, it's felt like a light clicked on in my head. Yeah. I was like, okay, an MBA would take up not that it's not worth it, but it's $65,000 a year. And if I did the slow program, it's going to take a really long time. So, maybe that's a goal that I still have not let go of, but here's something I can do yeah. right now until I decide what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, feel, like, inspired reading this book.
1: I did. Like, it really... Yeah. I was so glad I read it last year. And I was like, this is a great beginning yep. of the year book. I had no idea what it was about when I picked it up. So
0: good. So good. Did you have any casting?
1: Yes. Okay, so this movie was supposed to release in August 2021, but it never did. The author... It always
0: weirds me out when that
1: happens. I know. Like, the, the author heck? had said how thrilled he was on who picked it up i guess they optioned it so they bought the rights to the film so now i guess it like lives and dies with these this entertainment group but he said that these are the people that know what they're doing i he seemed to like be so jazzed about it so the book was released in 2020 three days before it was released they bought the rights to the movie Mm. and it was supposed to come out two years ago huh Super, super weird. There's nothing on IMDb. Like, no casting, okay. nothing. So I looked everywhere for any updates, mm-hmm. and I didn't see anything. But so for Nora Seed, the first person I cast was Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. I was like, oh, she she's a very pretty woman. And I feel like Nora was a little plainer. Mm-hmm. But in looking at different photos of Carrie Mulligan, it's like, oh, she's yes. like any beautiful person... She has to can be. look normal, too. She has to be. But when I was doing that, a lot of people online thought Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag. Oh, okay. That was the consensus among fancasters. I can see that for sure. It wasn't who... I don't remember who I saw because it was such a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But once I saw that she had narrated the book, mm-hmm. I and everyone had said she did such a I, good job. It's
0: so good. That I was like,
1: oh, she deserves it. For Joe Seed, I had Jonathan Bailey, who is anthony and bridgerton oh. so picture him outside of bridgerton he looks like a normal dude but i was trying to find british actors and i just fucking loved bridgerton the first one so much
0: yes i can. yeah i can see that also
1: he's a gay actor mm-hmm. and joe seed in the book was gay so i was trying to match up sexualities so mrs elm I had Helen Mirren because mm-hmm. she's. I think she's yes. British. She's a dream. Meryl Streep, also, but Helen Mirren would do a good job. Dan, do not hate me, okay, for this. I,
0: me, or the general public, or all of both.
1: You know, you're gonna hate it. Reggae John Page. <gasps> I think. I think he could do absolutely anything, and. I love to see it when people that you love play someone you hate. They choose Ew. it. I love it so much. I like, don't. Harry Styles played that terrible character in Dunkirk and he was so yeah. good.
0: Ew. I'm sad okay. about
1: it, though. Ash, I had Eddie Redmayne. He was in uh, The Theory of Everything about Stephen Hawking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yep. He's like a cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I put, I just realized I did this. I put Voltaire in my fan cast. I didn't cast him as anything. I think I had just like copy and pasted the characters and pulled them down. It's
0: an orange tabby. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and then Izzy, I had Zoe Kravitz.
0: Yeah. I like that too. I can just see her living her best life in Australia.
1: Minus Dan. And I don't think you like Daniel Radcliffe as Hugo.
0: I just picture him as uh weirdo right now. Yeah. So sorry.
1: I saw a clip it's of like that it. before. <laughs> it's like the best over. movie. I love that movie <laughs> so much. He's
0: so cute. Cool. Awesome. Well that was a great I loved this discussion. It feels yeah. I don't even I couldn't even tell you when this is gonna come out, what month it will it's be. It's gonna come the fourth week of January. Okay, good. Fourth week of January. So then the next week I will <laughs> The one-week post tonsillectomy at that point. So it will not be a very live version of this. You live in a village. Thoughts and prayers for me. Good vibes. <laughs> All right. So yeah, looking forward to that one. And we'll see you next time. I hope you're having a great year. Bye, everyone. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of The Book Report with Allie and Rach. You can find us on Instagram at Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at, at Podcast. And if you want to write us an email, you can write us an email at thebookreportpod at gmail.com.